Hello. Hello, Ben. Hello there. I, I can't stop moving after hearing that music funky again. music. Love it. Love it. Play that funky <laughs> music, Wild Boy. <laughs> how are you doing, mate? Doing well. How are you? I, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. It's, I'm, I'm trying to get used to doing it at, the, at this time of the day. It's light outside still, and my, my, my work computer is still switched on, so I've got like my, my work head still attached to my body. Yeah, so. well, we can fix that. Yes. But see, see, I figured um, since I invited myself to your show, I might as well dictate the timing and everything, right? <laughs> I think that's only fair. So I mean, to, prov to, point. <laughs> to provide some context to that, what well, I asked you, how long, how long ago if, if you wanted to come on? And then I think I canceled. I probably I canceled. Yeah, like spring. Well, you, you had something, I think you called it work. I have no idea what any of that means. Yeah. Um, probably I think some made up term, but. It was, yeah, I think I just made up some reason because I couldn't bother to speak to you. That's right. And then, of course, no, no, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. And then. I, I think we were, we're actually scheduled for the day you started a new job, if I true. remember correctly. That's so right. That's right. That's what it like, was. Yeah, on the first day, that may not be great. Uh, was like, oh. That's true. Potatoes, anyways, but at um, least that at least that sounds like a, like a legitimate reason. And now, obviously, I'm four months into my new job, and apparently, okay. I feel secure enough to kind of you know. You, you keep saying that it sounds legitimate, but it it really doesn't. But I know. I, I mean, each to their own. But if I keep saying it, at least it'll try and make it sound true for myself. You know. That. Am I convincing you? Anyways. or Am I convincing me? <laughs> at this point, yes. And I know it wasn't either or question, but I no, mean. it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, we finally got around. You you reminded me that I owed you an invitation, and then I felt terrible about it because I'm English and I feel terrible pretty easily about um, things. From what I have noticed over my long life so far is that the English they don't they don't really feel sorry. They're just very good at pretending to. <laughs> By the way, excellent <laughs> excellent quest, Tristan Scott. Um, I have knew who is interviewing whom. This is just a conversation amongst people. Um, and some of all, y'all stalkers all have joined us. Who is interviewing whom? That's a very good. First, first of all, who is interviewing whom? Very good grammar. I'm so impressed. I would have just written who myself. So. Well, Scott is from Can from Canada. So, that's I mean, true. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. He's polite, polite. and grammarish. Yeah. So do you think Canadians are actually polite, whereas English just pretend to be polite? We have that. You're like, putting words in my mouth, but. I actually agree with that, to be honest. We're very, we're very good at lying. And just like the, the pretense of manners is what, what I always <laughs> say. <laughs> uh, but we got here eventually and you're here. Do you want to, I mean, do you want to quickly introduce yourself to those people who perhaps, perhaps who don't know who you are? Like who's just um, random I'm band dude? I'm prepared for that, but I know, um, I know. let me try to come up with something. I'll give you like one minute. We can just sit here for one minute in silence <laughs> as you think of something, yeah? Yeah. Apparently we haven't met because otherwise you would know that there is no way I'm sitting anywhere <laughs> in silence. This is not happening. Uh, anyways, to your question, Ben, I'm Ben. This is not going to be confusing at all over the course of this show. Whenever one of us says Ben, we're never going to know which one we're actually talking to. Uh, <laughs> I'm based out of the third person. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's also that. We are based out of, just adding some royal we here, out of Nuremberg, Germany, um, running a small consultancy firm here. I'm very active in the data platform community, running a couple of events, um, speaking at a couple of events. So um, nice. besides um, that work thing that I think we've left behind us um, at this point for the, a better part of that conversation, um, yeah, data is my passion and community is my passion. So right, it's a good that's what I do. Very cool. And you're good at it as well, apparently. I mean, I've in the past couple of weeks, I mean, the, the community part for sure, the data part, I can't speak to that. But I'm sure you are very good. Oh, well, oh, uh, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, I get it. Um, I mean, because in the past few weeks, I had on a few people who who kind of were on like new stars of data and stuff, which you're quite a big part of. I uh, may or may not be slightly involved in it. No. You um, so new, new stars of data is... So when, when I say I'm passionate about our community, the one thing that I'm trying to push, support, whatever you want to call it, in this community is driving new speakers or enabling new speakers, I should rather say, not in a pushy way, but <laughs> making room for those that yeah. I do think, that I think do deserve a stage and room in our community. Um, and for a very long time, I've been I've called that uh, increasing diversity. 
Mm -hmm. I'm at a okay. point where I would rather say I don't. I'm not even sure diversity is our problem. It's um, because we do have the diversity, mm. we're just not very inclusive. Okay. And we just have the next new stars of data in um, about three weeks. And if I look on the schedule, that schedule is super diverse. But it's not like we were like, okay, we're only going to pick diverse speakers. It's just mm. the people that applied for us. And again, that may not be 100% statistically accurate just because um, people know that we make mm. extra room for those that would potentially not get a chance to speak at other big events at first. And I'm saying at first, um, just yesterday, my good friend Nikola Ilic, who was in the first New Stars of Data, oh, really? he, spoke the, he spoke at the Power Platform Summit. Uh, I mean, everybody in the Power BI community at this point pretty much knows who Nikola is. He spoke to a room full of 800 people. I saw that. That was on his Cook Amy's Power BI cookbook or whatever you call it. Uh, 800 I, people. I think it was the query folding thingy, um, but okay. I may confuse that. But either way... Um, 800 people is crazy. I, I, I don't care which session it was. Yeah. 800 people in the room. If that doesn't show you that there is someone that has a story to tell, hmm. uh, there we go. So, uh, And exactly. there's still lots of events out there. Um, hmm. The bigger events are getting way better at that. So SQL bits, yes. Pass summit, yes. Um, they're all doing a great job. There's still um events out there that try to get as many MVPs um to the table as possible, hmm. which the new stars of data also cater to because quite a bunch of um the former speakers actually became MVPs over the past couple of years. But so many um and our goal is not to create as many MVPs as we can. Um, that's more a side effect, but it still shows hmm. you if you see um how many of them um. Amy Umarin was an MVP less than a year after she spoke at New Stars of Data. Martha Mungen just became um, MVP, um, I think it was May of this year, okay. or May or June. Either yeah. way, this year. Um, so those are all, and um, they're now also, they're everywhere. Uh, Martha yeah. is doing a learning path at um, PASS, for example. Yeah. Um, and seeing all that is just so great. And it really shows that all these people I mean, not all of the speakers at New Stars or at the newcomer track um, at DataGround mm. will become these quote-unquote rockstar speakers. In many yeah. cases, because they don't want to. We've had lots of them that were like, okay, this was interesting. It's not for me. Yeah, okay, thanks, enough. bye. Which, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but at least um, they tried and they got the chance to do so. Exactly, yeah. And I was speaking to a couple of weeks ago, it was um, um, Elena. And she is in November. She's also speaking about like a huge event. Um, and she right. was mentioned, yeah, it's, um, where's it? There you go. She, she's, she's here in the chat somewhere. Exactly. And she's presenting it, um, at some huge event in, 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 in November as well. So yeah, it's very cool. Lots of nice stuff going on. And it's nice to focus on that. Someone said before about the old stars of data, maybe that could be a thing as well. You could do an old stars of data. People who also started at the new stars of data and now also want to keep presenting, but do a, a, a experienced yeah. person's track. The, the thing is we don't have to anymore because yeah. um, everybody wants um, them to speak at their events now anyway. So. Yeah, so, Which is why I don't get why people aren't more open to that from the beginning. Fair enough, sir. Um, I was, I follow you on Twitter, of course, and you tweeted something from the SQL like conference. X, right? X, X Twitter. I try to use it less and less <laughs> these days, but because of for a reason, for for reasons I'm sure are pretty clear. But you tweeted a photograph, and I sometimes you know every you'll get these situations where you get like you know like conference envy and stuff that you're not there. And I haven't been to as many conferences as I want to this year, by which we I should mean, fix that. I've been to zero. Um, and I really want, so next year I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pushing back my ambition. Um, but you, you tweeted a photo. I'm going to, I rarely do this, but I'm going to try and sh share my screen with you. Oh, not with you, with everyone, of course. And uh, see if I get this Everybody right. else look first. away. I got to check that picture first. Yeah. Don't worry. I think it should be okay. <laughs> this, this. Well, if, if it, if it's on Twitter, people can see. Yeah. This video. one, this photograph that you shared on Twitter. Yep. And the reason it made me particularly envious because the guy in the background, this guy here, I used to work with him, Evandro. Yeah. I used to work with Evandro and I was immediately even more jealous than I usually am. I was like, oh, do you want to, when you see someone you haven't seen for, for a long time, it's like, oh man, that guy, that would have been cool to see Evandro at the, at, at the sequel conference. So um, I just keep having these moments. Like, oh man, I wish I'd, I wish I'd been in more this year. I wish I'd put in more of the effort. But um, yeah, changing job. 
I decided to kind of focus more on that rather than hopping around in different places in so Europe. There's always the next year. There is, there is. And this next year starts with um, Fabric February, which would be a cool one to go to. And then there's whatever. I mean, all the standard conferences and stuff, but I kind of want to go to Fabric February because I've never been to Norway. And, and it's really going want... to be a fabulous event. Well, I, I can imagine. Even, even though it's called Fabric something, I still want to go. See, I know nothing about fabric and me neither. Go, so there we me go. neither. I feel like um, I, I feel... No, please. No, but um, uh, this will be a great event. Um, speaking of events that you should come to, I mean, while we're talking about events, uh, Data Grow and Call for Speakers is still open. Yes, true and true. We are the most delicious event out there. That is true. Actually, that's a good point. And I've just been working on all of my um. My, my sessions that I submit, give them more interesting names and stuff, because <laughs> I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I was reading through them. I was like, you know, even I'm a little bit bored by the, by the names of the sessions that I'm just going to try and make them seem a bit more interesting on, on, on sessionized, do it that way. So, um, we shall see, but yes, things will be submitted. I will. And if not, I will just attend things anyway, because it's nice to attend things. And it's been since, I don't know, probably a year and a half that I have actually been or anything. It's just fun to get out there and in the real world even though I feel very comfortable in my office yeah. away from humans and stuff, you know? No, I get that. And at the same time, it is so much fun getting back to the in-person events. I'm still trying to find a good balance with that. And I may have over-commissioned myself a bit anyway um, for mm. this year um, at some point. But um, still, uh, I'm more or less done with virtual events. Um, okay. Yeah. With with the exception of new stars of data, which will always be virtual. Of course, of course, naturally. And then we're doing this new thing, data left unattended in December, where all the <laughs> attendees will be virtual. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, my balance may not be your balance, mm -hmm. and there's still lots of people that don't want to or can't travel for so many reasons. So there mm -hmm. is this gap, and at the same time, we do see speakers um, want to get um, together. Hmm. So rather than calling the event drinking with friends, we figured we might as well deliver some sessions. And <laughs> <laughs> it makes it more legitimate again. Teach some stuff <laughs> for like for your expenses and stuff. You know, just to... uh, there's also that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My but CPA has a question. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. So basically, all the, the the attendees are remote, but the presenters are on location. Correct. Interesting idea. It's quite um, cool. We, we will test drive this in December mm. um, here out of our office, which means some of the stuff will be very improvised because mm. we don't have like a studio or anything. Mm. Um, if this is as much fun as we predicted to be um, and also works as smoothly and mm. well enough for the attendees that we think, then the idea would be to basically take this event over the world, also enabling those speakers that, I mean, we have Joey flying in from the US for this, but um, I mean, awesome. Come on, it's Joey. So I love the that. idea is more to also enable those hmm. that want to speak at more local events. So if we bring that event to local places for the speakers and still make it accessible um, hmm. for virtual attendees, hmm. and we will put it on YouTube as usual, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah. I mean, I've seen like like go wrong. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen like this like hybrid events, like if the, the, there's the um, the Budapest BI conference is hybrid, I believe. And I just think that could be such a, a difficult thing to sort out from. Hybrid is the worst. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. And I yet have to see, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a reason why the past summit is going back from hybrid to in-person only. And yeah. I understand that this is disappointing for some or even many of the attendees, hmm. but the effort that you have to put into a, not just the proper live stream, but also, if you want to have a true hybrid event, you have to enable those that are virtual to interact hmm. with your speaker on site. But the speaker on site will then have to monitor a chat, potentially have people unmute, will have to talk to people in the room hmm. that will be on mic in potentially big rooms because, I mean, Bits is doing that. Some of these rooms fill literally hundreds of people. Yeah, um, yeah it's tough. Kudos to the effort, but um, cost-wise and logistics-wise and everything, this is a nightmare. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I um because I, I started doing stuff with the um the Berlin Power BI user group at the start of this year, and uh, we we'd kind of discussed 
potentially because we, we do the, the the user group that we have is like it's fully remote you know it didn't used to be um i remember a long time ago when i wasn't involved in organizing it always like before corona i went to a couple here in berlin but we discussed kind of like bringing it back and doing maybe like a couple of like on-site sessions per year just to still have that like concept of mostly remote but some like in person um and also i kind of told the idea of maybe it would be quite cool to kind of you know organize something like in berlin something a bit bigger but every time i think of it i just think of the effort and I'm, i have so much respect for the people who organize these events and how much time and energy must actually take to put this stuff together it must be truly enormous because it there is, is and I, I mean think about it um for like for the big conferences people mm -hmm. pay the big bucks so they expect if you just say hey yeah. this is my virtual user this is well this is my in-person user group but mm -hmm. um what i will just do is i will set up a webcam and a mic and mm -hmm. um everybody can make the best out of it mm -hmm. that is one thing yeah you can have your money back for my free user group when you're delivering something that people paid a couple of hundred or even thousands yeah. um, euros, pounds, dollars, Canadian Co dollars, pick your poison. Um, Bucks. <laughs> monies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to deliver, so. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. One day we'll get that. And actually, if I do, if I if I do end up tr at least attempting to do that, I'll probably be annoying plenty of people and just getting up on their even just to, like even the the, um, the user group to arrange something like in person for user group to actually have a speaker come and you know just though I mean those sort of things for me would be quite daunting. I mean, it it was infinitely more daunting to organize it than it is to present for sure. Because you present, you just go on stage or you go stand in a room and talk for forty five minutes to an hour, which is of course can be can be you know, scary. If you've never done it before, I'm sure you get used to it. But when, like, I remember when I was at uh, Next Step, just seeing the guys who were organizing, kind of like running around and mm -hmm. making sure everything was going smoothly and stuff. I was like, wow, that's a lot of effort. So I'll annoy some people at some point to get some tips on how, what, I'm, what the hell I'm supposed to be doing at, um, for this sort of thing. For sure. For sure. And you also have your Finding Data Friends, though. Actually, I'm going to put the link in that in our chat. That's a cool. I love your Finding Data Friends. That's very nice. It's um, it, also... it is a um, fun. It was one of these ideas where I was like, yeah, um, and I always wanted to do something together with Jess, but okay. we don't have that much actual overlap in what we do um, right. from a professional perspective. So we could have done some non-technical stuff or whatever. So I was like, huh? and at the same time, I was like, well, there's so many people that everybody is talking about, and. Um, mm. Oh, I, I thought you were an MVP for forever, or I thought you did this, you do that. And I was like, well, mm. um, and every single episode, I learn new stuff about people, um, mm. even those people that I've known for years. Uh, I mean, they, those are all new people to me, but let's just assume um, okay. there might be one or two people that I have actually met before. So, no, it's a fun thing. And um, given that people are still um, watching it on a regular basis, um, we will just keep going. I mean, we will be at 40-something episodes um, just before Christmas. That's cool. Very nice. And then, Congratulations. And we can start working on our famous reunion episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. I actually have to, I'm, with, with these, I was my I forget what my original plan was. I think it was to, to get it to like, I don't know, do, I don't know, 50 and then see. I think it's, it's approaching 100 now for sure. And I was thinking, should I stop? And I was like, no, I enjoyed them. I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. That's generally my thing, you know. I had I was mentioning someone uh, on a brief conversation on, on Twitter today, yeah. that sort of stuff. And I was like, if if something stops being fun, then I stop doing it. It's not like it's generating any income. It's just like I just do it for, for the pleasure of doing it, you know. And um, I've had I've had hobbies in the past where I kind of it started to feel like I had to do it. And if it feels that way, it just gets you know uninteresting, you know. But if it's just like this nice thing where you can have a conversation with someone, you learn bits exactly. and pieces. It's really cool. Yeah. Nice oh no, I agree. Um, and I also heavily agree on the part of it stops being fun, stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. With the, the thing I used to do was like I was take, taking like photographs of, of amateur football here in Berlin, which has obviously got nothing to do with any any of this. It was just a, a hobby that I had, but I started doing it because I had a camera and I was I like football and. Um, at the bottom of my, of my street was like a, like a random f football pitch. So it was all like like Kreisliga type stuff, you know. It was really good fun. But then after a while, I was just kind of like, I was just doing it just for the sake of 
for the sake of taking photographs. And then, cause I had like, I've got the kids and the kids are still, still pretty young. I felt like I was just taking time away from them. And I was like, well, what's, yeah. what, what's this doing for me? You know? Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing? Like this hello, Ben Square. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Square. Exactly. But what's, so what, what's your, like, what's your, like, day-to-day, -day, like, like wh when you're working with your data, when you're working with your bits and pieces, what, what do you find you're opening your computer and doing and getting all passionate about with data? What's your so, favorite thing? My, my favorite data thing? Oh, yeah. Maybe. See, big questions I didn't prepare you for. I just, <laughs> that. I just like and putting just, you on the spot, you know? And especially since that's one of the questions we ask on Finding Data Friends, I really should have a good answer for that. Did I steal your question? I feel No, so you did bad. not. Um, <laughs> the, the probability of me inviting myself to my own podcast at some point um, is um, fairly low. Let's let's leave it at that. I, I, I might. We've been also discussing that, that at some point we might just do um, Jess introducing herself and me introducing myself. But that, that might be like episode... 100, 500, 1,000, who knows? Um, <laughs> you got to think big. Um, but to your question, um, in my day-to-day -day job, um, a part of having um, a bunch of management chores and admin shit and whatnot um, that comes <laughs> with um, <laughs> um, running a company, we still do a lot of traditional data integration. By traditional data integration, um, I mean we still do a lot of on-prem stuff because um, this is Germany. We are a couple of years behind. It is what it is. Um, a I couple? Maybe a couple <laughs> yeah, of well, decades? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it was 2019. Um, I was at um, Microsoft Inspire, what used to okay. be the Microsoft Partner Conference. Mm. Um, and they were, I mean, basically all they do in their keynotes is everybody's applauding themselves. And then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're announcing the companies uh the countries with the biggest growth in azure consumption and all that and it was um saudi arabia something something and germany and everyone was like yes and i was like you people um did not read between the lines it is way easier to get your second customer than to get from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand customers so um yeah. this is actually bad news um <laughs> so um there's that so uh, we do a lot of traditional data integration, a lot of traditional mm -hmm. warehousing. We do a lot of hybrid stuff these days with people mm -hmm. um, still running a lot of stuff on-prem, but moving their warehouses and everything to the cloud. Yeah. So nice. on a 30,000 feet level, I've been doing the same thing for the past 25 years. Mm -hmm. um, tools have changed, technologies have changed. We did not do Cinemas pipelines 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, we were late to the game, um, but that's kind of what we do. And that is also most of the stuff that I do. Um, mm. We mostly use uh, third-party vendors as our front-ends. We rarely use Power BI. I say rarely, it's, well. How dare you? We, we use way more third-party vendors than we do use Power BI. And the reason for that is when we talk to our customer, we don't talk to the IT, we talk to the business. Mm. We talk to mid-market customers and they have all the reporting and analytics is those are two of their challenges, hmm. but they have issues with forecasting and planning and budgeting hmm. and risk management and whatnot. Hmm. And, but they don't run these huge departments who are like, yeah, we got 50 people doing this and we got 50 people doing that. Um, they're like, um, hmm. yeah, we got one person and they're actually only working um, half of the day because um, they just got back from maternity leave, paternity leave, whatever. Hmm. So um, they don't have the resources to run a multitude of tools. Yeah. So we need one platform that supports Sense. all of that. Yeah. So when we're talking to bigger customers or those that are just like, well, at this point, we really want to only want to focus on dashboarding or analytics or reporting. Yes, yeah. um, we do a lot of Power BI these days, but the majority of our customers has a wider use case without the proper internal resources of supporting mm. those. So um, yeah. We're at the Microsoft stack up until the data mart, which can be tabular, which can be a queue. We still do a lot of multidimensional um, where everyone's like, oh, is that still a thing? We say, well, it, it most definitely is. And especially in the on-prem world, it is still a very mm. um, legitimate thing. Yeah. Wow. That's, I think people that's have a question here. I, 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 I promise I, I've totally seen it. And it's <laughs> quite often I'll see the question and I'll, I'll forget about it. But this one was a good question. I mean, Scott is pushing for it here. He is really. So, I mean, it, I'll, I'll, it was Megan's question to be fair. So I'm going to bring it up and then I'll bring up like the fact that, you know, 
Scott. So, so first of all, let me do the zoom in here for um, Megan. And um, what that is, is um, this is laminated gold, silver, and copper. Nice. Um, they are custom made. No wow, that's impressive. Um, and to the question of Megan and Scott, um, the magic number will soon be 5050. Wow, that's um, not bad. So um, the 50th pair is currently in production. And it is supposed to arrive here the first week of November. And I really hope it does because they are also custom made and they are custom made to match the outfit that I'm going to wear at the Pass Summit. Nice. And I like that a lot. The thing is, um, I, like I love how people are also, we, we, everyone's blown away. Here. <laughs> everyone's blown away by the number of glasses that you own. And I agree. Blown away in a nice way, of course. There you go. So is what? what's the goal? Is there a goal to get to a certain number or just like, you know, have one for every day of the year would be, would be a cool goal, you know, so you can really just. No. So, um, so first of all, no, there is no goal. Okay. Um, funny enough, another spoiler alert for the pass summit. If you will be at the pass summit, um, join, join us at the power hour and I will be showcasing actually a part of my collection. Um, nice. You know, you could do analysis of the, of the collection as well. You could like do like whatever, like. How many yeah, have you this color? I don't want to spoil too much of what I'll be doing there because otherwise someone might come up with a competitive product there and do a um, Fair enough. showcase of their own glasses collection. So I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Exactly. There's also the database on number of pairs in my basement. So, <laughs> <laughs> was a joke. Um, Martha and I were doing at SQL conference. Uh, yeah. or Martha had built a... Um, data set on that so no, um and obviously at 50 there is we're way past the point where i'm like oh i don't have anything like this. so um the number of pairs bought per year if that's a kpi is going down um okay, it, it, okay. It's, it is very specific stuff that so mm. it's either something that is um custom made um like for last year's um, SQL Bits keynote, for example, I had um, my Pride glasses made, which actually laminated Pride flags, so it's That's rainbow cool. glasses. That's cool. Um, or if it's something made out of a race, so I have um, one pair of glasses that's made out of leather. I have one that's made out of stone. I've got some that are stone. actually made out of, yes. Um, that's incredible, though. And as per the manufacturer, um, I could drop them from like the first floor and they would not break. Um, I do not trust them on that so yeah that's fair yeah. just just in case it's nice to, that they said that but you know mm -hmm. wow good to know but yeah um so so this is more the level that that we are at right now i i do have glasses for like every different purpose if that makes sense yeah but like all like all terrain glasses um so there's <laughs> there's also that uh i mean you're saying that as a joke, but actually they do have different glasses. Some of them have a stronger blue filter, for example, if you look um, looking at the screen for a very long time. Um, yeah, yeah, true. I was thinking about getting some of those, actually. I mean, I used oh. to work for an optician, so I should know a, a bit more maybe than, than I do. But I was also impressed. You know, like, I mean, the first time I saw wooden frames, I thought that was pretty cool. But this is that's just, that sounds so basic compared to what you're talking about right now. Do you have any glasses that have, like, the, um, that also are, like, headphones where you have, like, Speakers like in the glasses, or is that just? <laughs> I it? do not. Yeah, okay. None of my glasses have any gadgets, or okay. so to speak, with okay, the exception of the glasses themselves, because all of the lenses are actually custom made. Okay. So, um, there is this German lens company, um, Zeiss. I know it's Zeiss, yeah. And basically, what they do is, um, you put on the glasses, and then they do a three D scan of your head, and mm. by doing that, um, they will automatically determine the distance from your eye to every single piece of those glasses, and that has two huge advantages, especially with big frames. Um, mm -hmm. Usually, things would get blurry when you look like to the side, okay. whereas with those, it does not. And the other big advantage, and that also speaks to Scott's question, um, before I started buying these individual glasses. So technically, the number is higher than fifty, but I'm not used. So there's fifty active glasses. That would be the <laughs> active <upper end>. glasses. <laughs> it sounds like another I, metric. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure I've disposed all of the old ones. Um, okay. Because before that, like every two years, every two to three years, um, my vision had changed so much that I actually needed to relens. Okay. Since I started wearing these individual um, lenses or glasses, no change. And that has been, let me say, seven, eight years. I mean, I could look it up in my data set, but I don't want to make people wait. So you don't. So I'm disappointed that you don't have this data just sitting there waiting at all the time in case you need to bring it up. You know, <laughs> just it's, it's always there. It's, it's always ready. You know. No, the thing is, I've shut down all the disturbance around me, including my huge Power BI glasses dashboard. Um, just to make sure I can fully focus on our conversation here. Well, that's that's a, a that you brought up an entire new topic, like the Hololens. Do you, you're gonna have like some Hololens enabled glasses, so you can just just bring up your dashboards, like on the or reports, whatever I call them these days, like in front of your screen. Yeah, you walk into your kitchen, you're wearing your Hololens glasses, and your report comes on your fridge. That kind of stuff, you know. I'm I'm done with the Hololens. It, it led me down big time. Oh, um, real? SQL Conference 2020. Okay. The last in-person conference right before the pandemic, it was early March, so it mm. was basically a week before lockdown. Um, and Alexander Klein, um, he developed that fancy power app um, for the HoloLens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea was, um, and we were using cognitive services and everything, so the idea was um, I'm walking through the room, I take a picture of you, Cognitive service will be like, okay, is Ben happy or not? And then I hand you either a beer or a piece of swag and then take another picture of you with the HoloLens. And okay. the HoloLens will tell me if that made you happier or not. Okay. Just a and, cake would make me happy. But yeah, okay. Please Okay. Um, good to know. Good to know. Um, <laughs> the thing is, and I'm not sure if we've ever shared that publicly. So this might be um, a revealing episode. Um, it, it worked perfectly when we tested it all out. We made one mistake. We tested it all out in the light. And when we did that at the party, everything was dark. So the HoloLens couldn't focus. So it was not able to take a single picture. Nightmare. I was just walking around saying, click, click all night um, and telling people, oh, yeah, that was a great picture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's cool. Yeah, fair enough. So HoloLens was dropped recently. I did not see if HoloLens was dropped. Maybe I, maybe I don't know. I saw Mark Zuckerberg Facebook and something with his new type of... I know Google had some kind of lens that was dropped a few years ago. HoloLens, I'm not sure. I haven't heard much of it for ages, to be honest. I don't know. I can't speak to that. What are you going to do? Again, anyway, HoloLens, you don't, you don't owe them. Ways. Yeah, you've parted ways. They let you down. So don't let down Ben because he will just cast you aside. Noted. Correct. <laughs> And I will mention it on an entirely random different show years later. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, is good. so good to finally talk about this. This get is let off your chest. So long. Yeah. Yes. Do you feel Thank like you. a weight a weight's been lifted on your off, off your This is an open space, right? I can share stuff. Absolutely. All for the the, the random digressions here, mate. You know, <laughs> best digression ever. We've, we've we've had some pretty special digressions, die hard and what have you. And of course, when I think Marta she came in the chat before. Um, when she was here, we did some good as well. A bit of dancing involved, all that kind of stuff, you know. It's just it's just, just the way we go. Some some data, some randomness, you know, just, just to keep it light, you know. It's very good. It's very good. Anyway, your glasses. Very impressed. Didn't expect them to be, to be so many. I feel, I feel a bit better, actually, because I, I picked up a hobby, like, just about a year ago, and I started playing the ukulele a little bit. And I thought, oh, that'll be good. That'll be like a nice, like cheap hobby because ukuleles aren't, aren't particularly expensive. But I forget that that obsessive part of my personality where I find it difficult not to kind of collect. And, and so now and, you have like fifty ukuleles. Is that well, I actually part? I only have six. But when you you saying fifty made me feel a lot better, to be honest. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, but now I feel like it made me feel better. But also it made me tell myself it's actually okay if I actually uh, buy more. So maybe I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We need to sound. Yeah. And well, it's, give me another year. So I'm slightly less terrible. I'm such a bad musician. It is shocking. I would I would say my ability to do play any sort of music is slightly is on par, slightly better than my ability to draw. Both of which are just not great, to be honest. So so to get to any normal standard is to, it takes me a while. So give, give me another year, guys. You just gave me two great ideas. First of all, um, you will come on Finding Data, friends. 
And okay. after that, you will you will join the Finding Data Friends Big Band because at this point we found so many people playing instruments. Some of them also just like, oh yeah, I just started playing the cello like a week ago. Well, not not a week ago, but um, some are fairly newish to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, some are very professional and have been doing that for a very long time. Mm. And the other, and this is the million dollar idea, and I'm going to gift that to you, um, basically, for allowing me to invite myself back here. <laughs> In like a year or so, that intro music for the show, you will re-record. You will play it with the ukulele. Okay. Do I have to sing it as well? No, oh, you don't have to. Okay, that's fine. I Actually, mean, you can. I'm. I'm I have. Yeah. Who am I to judge? Okay, fair enough. So, I'll take that. That's a good challenge. To be fair, I'll I'll see what I can do. And even if it's really terrible, I'll have to use it on at least one episode, right? Yes. Cool. So it's been recorded. So it's an official thing. I can't get rid of this now. Hey, I, exactly. There's I, that. I, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Why did I even ask that question? How stupid am I that I said, I, I was do I have to you sing? I said it, but I was like, he's going to figure it out. <laughs> Why do I keep walking into these situations where I make it harder for myself? <laughs> um, sorry if I have to correct you there. You, you did not walk into a situation. There was flat land, and you took a shovel and started digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and once that hole was fairly deep, you were looking at yourself and was like, I'm going to dig a dig deeper just because I can. That's what happened. You did not walk. It's not like there was a trap or anything. Oh, man. Yeah, very true. I just have this natural instinct to make my life harder than it needs to be. Uh, apparently. Yeah. But also, they, maybe this is like these personalities, like personality types of, of learning and stuff as well, the way people learn. And I totally have that thing that when I'm learning something, I can't learn it just by like reading documents and that's how it's done. I have to learn it by like doing it and then making the yeah. errors. It's just... I, I, I totally agree. It's a strange thing. I think maybe because I just have a short attention span to sit down and like read, you know, documents or like a manual or if I'm... Or that really the worst thing when you buy something that you really like and you got to put it together and you have that terrifying moment where you think I'm like four seconds away from breaking it. So stop, take a step back and then at least in that point, look at the manual. I hate that. Where's Ben? Yeah, wait, one second. Which Ben is this, by the way? I guess it's not me because I always look totally pale. So I guess it's I guess it's you, Ben. Um, Ben, recent, well, Ben was in Spain for a week in August. Ben was also in Berlin for the past six months. But again, you, Ben. Ben W. There you go. <laughs> where, sorry, where were you, Ben W? Where have you been? Uh, I was in Spain. We were in Mallorca for a week um, nice. with friends. And um, well, since you asked, Megan, um, I will be back in the Maldives um, right after the Pass Summit. I'm actually flying home Saturday, get home Sunday, repack, and then we fly out Monday morning. Not Fingers crossed nothing goes wrong. But what could go wrong in like November flying? There's nothing like weather or something, right? No. Right? No. Terrible. Mm. Just maybe wear a mask, maybe it's just in case, you know? <laughs> yes. There, there's that. Yeah. I actually, I haven't been on an airplane since, actually since, since Corona. It's really strange that it's, it's probably the, the longest time in my life since I actually traveled for the first time for a flu for the first time. I haven't been on an airplane since 2019, which feels strange, especially for a former flight attendant where I used to spend half my life on airplanes, you know? You were yeah. a former, see, I did not know that about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I worked for EasyJet for like, I think three years, maybe three and a half okay. years. Um, so, which is why, this is a really strange thing. I didn't wear or use the color orange for years because I worked for EasyJet, which is a very orange airline. And then it just kind of snuck back into my life. And now there's like orange everywhere. Like I have orange background here. One of my favorite colors to use on a report, by the way, is also orange, orange and gray, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, being a flight attendant and wearing orange shirts every day made me yeah. stay away from that. I have Ben, Ben F has never been to Colorado, Megan, unfortunately. You should. Colorado is beautiful. And, um, Ben W hasn't been to Colorado since oh. I'm going to say 2018 or so. So it, it has just been a while. Yeah. Sounds cool. Also, I'm pretty sure I told you the last time I was there and you were not in town, but I mean, I don't know. The only place I, the only oh, yeah. place Ben F has been to, and I, I like him call himself Ben F. By the way, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a third person situation. The only place I, Ben F, has been to in the U.S. was Miami Beach. I went there in, I don't know, so many I can't even remember anymore. Maybe was it before I moved to Berlin? I think it was before I moved to Berlin. So it was probably like two thousand and 
four or something. I was in Miami. I didn't like it, to be honest. I don't like beaches. They're too hot. I mean, I do like beaches, but I like beaches in like the northern Europe where they're like, cold and windy and stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm also going to say that Miami Beach does not represent all you're going to get out of the U.S. I'm kind that of, is, of course, obvious yes. here, but <laughs> of course, yeah, that's this is yeah, that's a, a very fair comment here. Yeah. Beaches in Colorado are different than they are in Miami. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> well, it was very different to the beaches of you know Whitley Bay as well, which is where I'm from, yes. by the way, northeast England, Whitley Bay. Um, but the the weird thing about me and beaches is that no matter where or any any body of sand, essentially, is that. No matter what's happening on that beach, I will like regressed to like my childhood. And so Miami Beach or whatever beach is like, but certainly Miami Beach, it was like people kind of like, you know, like being quite posery and stuff, which is not really my thing. And like they were like used, they were like working out and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just sitting there, a person in my mid 20s, just digging a really big hole. Because when I get to beaches, I just love digging big holes on beaches because it's really fun. That's what I Did do. Did you realize how funny that is, given the digging hole story from like two minutes ago, right? <laughs> I mean, you're literally digging yourself a big hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I'm so basic, man. My personality is just is represented by my actions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. See, so where you go to the beach, all the guys start digging holes, right? So it's not just me, okay? um okay I, I like to dig a hole to see how, how how high or how deep i can get it without like, it collapsing and to see how much of my body actually i can fit inside the hole there you go yeah i can see that there's something just something yeah, it all makes sense now yeah yeah <laughs> i love when I, I have these part of these conversations and i don't I just don't know how we got here you know um but yes probably by digging a hole probably, by, di probably by, by digging a hole I dig a hole exactly, but I do want to get the US to get to some like nice um, Power BI conferences or data conferences, I, I should say. By the way, I have noticed that with conferences and, and, and tech talks and stuff, I always get I always feel a bit put off when they're called SQL something, simply because my 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 knowledge of SQL is is and it, it's, it's a world that I never really existed in. So when it's if it's called SQL something, I feel like I'm less likely to go to it because I feel like it'll be like completely out of the realm of what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's a tough one. Um, let, let's take SQL. I mean, Data Grown used to be SQL Grown, but we're a tiny event. So um, okay. we just were like, okay, we're going to rebrand, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Makes Once sense. you've built a huge brand, um, I mean, at this point, SQL Bits is not SQL Bits. It is Data Bits because yeah. there, there's Fabric, there's Power BI, there's Databricks. Mm. There, there, yeah. There's all the things. Yeah. Um, traditional... SQL Server is a minority at this point anyway, but even if you expand to like Cloud of Rings, like Azure SQL, et cetera, mm. um, if those, I'm going to say DBA-ish topics get to like 50% or so, that's probably too high as well mm. um, already. So, but at the same time, you have a brand. Do you really want to yeah. rebrand from that? Because, I mean, it, it is a very strong brand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like absolutely, absolutely. Can I just say I'm I'm so um grateful to the people in the chat who who when we get totally random, they'd really try their best to bring us back on track. So Megan today <laughs> is, is really pull she's really going for it, and I really appreciate that. So like it's like Ben, stop talking about digging holes. Please ask a data driven <laughs> question. So I'm I'll, I'll have to bring it up whether I feel bad. Um, what was the first one? What was the most difficult technical problem you have solved? Yeah, I saw that, and I was hoping you wouldn't pick it. Um, I saw it, and I said I would just to. Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now you're digging holes for other people as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's room for two people in here, mate. <laughs> digging holes as a service, perfect. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for it because I would probably really have. Also, because I'm very, very old, so I've had a bunch of technical problems. Um, that I um, kind of had to solve. Um, I mean, the, what as, especially when it's a, especially when it says difficult. Like for example, just the other day we were integrating data through a horribly slow REST API and stuff. So we were um, building, even though there was no incremental loading or anything from that thing, we were kind of building that by um, trying to figure out um, how to get as close as we can get to the latest record and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but it, it's still not a super Maybe you could we kind of reframe it and say, what's the the data or the most 
the technical problem that you've solved that you've been most proud of solving? Could we try and do it that way? Like when you when you, you solved it, it was like, that's awesome. I'm really proud, proud that I did that because I didn't think I could or I had to use some kind of cool solution. I hope Megan's okay with me reframing her question somehow. Oh, that, I don't know. It, it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it, it still does not make the question mm. easier for me. And, and, and I think mm. part of that is because we... So if you would ask me what I'm doing, um, even though my sessionized tagline says works with computers, um, <laughs> we would say um, we're a business consultancy. We're not, we're not an IT company because mm. we help businesses solving issues. We help businesses solving problems. We help um, people run their department, run, run themselves, run mm. their company, um, run their organization. So in many cases, it's... At second look, very untechnical problems that they have that we came up with elegant solutions, I'm going to say. Um, okay. that Those typical things where someone's like, yeah, um, we're working on that report and it takes us like um, 20 months every uh, 20 days every month to get it done. And then basically we start start again for the next month. And then mm. at some point you're like, oh, by the way, um, those 20, 20 days, they are now half a day of work for you. So you can actually focus um, on that data. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah. We just built some very fancy open AI integrations into some um, SQL data, which I still think is fun that, that you can even do it that seamlessly and stuff. Yeah. At, at the same time, it was like 10 lines of code once you figured it all out. So it's yeah. saying, oh, that, that was a technical challenge. Um, here's my 10 lines of... I mean, sometimes those 10 lines of code... Um, might actually solve something that others have been working on because they were trying to approach from a too difficult angle. Yeah, that's um, because simplicity is king. And also, I tried to squeeze as much into one line as I can. So when I said it was a ten-line script, other people would have made it like a thousand-line thing with comments and stuff. But I mean, who's documenting <laughs> who, that? Who thing? needs comments? I mean, come on. No, no one needs comments. No one reads the comments. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it, it is really more the business challenges that we've solved. Mm. Um, uh, in I'm, I'm going to give you a very plastic example of that. Um, one of our customers, um, they have this big warehouse where they store food. And, and one part of that warehouse is actually um, frozen food. So we were building um, an SVG to basically visualize that entire thing, then visualize on that SVG which of these items are being picked the most and mm. put them towards the entrance. So the person that actually has to pick them doesn't always have to walk through minus 40 degrees. Um, for our friends from the US that use Fahrenheit, minus 40 Celsius is pretty cold. Um, that's as far as my conversion skills go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm impressed. And um, sometimes it's tiny things like that. Sometimes it's like, hey, we just, oh, oh you just built that report that's helped us save um, this and this much money, um, which mm. is, that's, it, it doesn't sound very, but. Um, it's very rewarding and, though, for sure. Yeah, and we see ourselves as, we don't use do like typical projects. We're like, okay, we do this and this for you, and then um, we're out. Um, okay. I have customers that I've been working with and for for more than twenty years at this point. Yeah. We see oh, ourselves wow. more like an extended workbench, trusted advisor, nice. partner, whatever you want to call that. So, um, yeah, in many cases, um, one of our well, actually, many of our customers are soccer clubs or proper football clubs as well. Oh, really? Doing. Um, so we visualize their stadiums. And for some of them, for example, we use That's that cool. with real-time data um, wow. for the um, rescue teams to tell them how many people are in which area of the stadium if something goes wrong um, and stuff like that. Well, again, technically challenging? Mm. No. Was mm. it super cool to build that? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. Wow. Didn't expect that. I like anything with like, related to sports data I find very interesting, I've got to say. And one of the... the my kind of ongoing project that I have for myself is using like sports data and stuff. Just to See, kind of... you should talk to Abi. Abi was speaking at the last news of data. He will also be speaking at the past data community summit. And his session at the past data community summit is basically um, on getting insights out of sports data. Okay, cool. Then that sounds, uh, sounds good. I shall, I shall do that. Thanks for the tip, mate. Um, for stuff for me that the stuff that I've, work with that I always find most rewarding is is APIs. I love working with APIs because yeah. for some reason with, with APIs, I always feel it like it's me versus the API, like because of the, sometimes the structure is a nightmare and you've got to really go through and 
you know, the challenges with Power BI of creating your own like custom connectors, all that kind of stuff. Um, when I finally like tame the API, um, it kind of feels like I've done a rodeo, you know, and I and I and I won. Yeah. Um, that's for me always the most. APIs are the best, but APIs are also the worst. So. Exactly, exactly that. I love it when people have just show me the ability of how unconcise, un un is that a word, or non-concisely I talk. Um, yeah, exactly. It's me versus the API. Um, that should be a session. It should be a session. Okay, I'm stealing that. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your data grown submission. It's me versus the API. You me can also co-present with Megan. Yeah, cool, actually. Yeah. API rodeo, me versus the API, all that kind of stuff. Okay, Megan, I'll come I'm going I'll, to I'll, accept that session blindly. It's done. You're in. I'm going to, uh, Megan, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you about that or whatever it's called on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll get in touch. Sort of. There you go. <laughs> oh, pa see, Power BI Tips already made a session I was with that. So close. There can be two. It's fine. This, this is not Highlander, you know? Um, just as a word of one, I just, my, my family just got home. So if a child comes running through that door, it's because, um, well, they got home and they're excited because they got new clothes, by the way. Um, so just, just as, as a word of warning there. Cool. But That's yeah. warned. Yes. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with it. Um, see, Megan's question ended up looping around into me submitting a session with Megan about the question that she, even though it wasn't the original question. Love how it was not the original work. question. I never properly answered it. And um, I, I would probably need to think very long and it might do not come up with a great answer. That's fine. Because like also when you think, and that might, might just be because I'm such a humble person, very likable, but also humble. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. When, 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 when you think of tech, People are like, oh, yeah, we had that data warehouse with like petabytes of data and it took them like seven days to load and then we did this and this index and then it was like two seconds. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will never be the best in performance optimization. I, I, I built like solid warehouses and solid mm. um, pipelines and all that. Um, we do a lot of um, automation um, in... doesn't so. We try to get rid of anything that is non-productive. So we do a lot of metadata-driven stuff, um, which, which sometimes people are, that is cool. Did you just basically migrate that SSIS package for like 150 tables to ADF in like two minutes? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what we just did there um, because it's all coming out of metadata. So the only thing we're changing is don't make it a DTSX, make it a JSON file. Um, but still, 15 lines of code, it's not. Yeah. Um, and again, simplicity and the small things usually... Um, yeah. Try the bigger fish, if yeah. that makes any sense. So. It, does. it does. It does. And yes, Megan, I do still bimble. Do I do still bimble a lot. Okay. I noticed bimble on you because I was going through your session. I was, do, I was doing my, 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 my usual pre-talk stalk, you know? And um, I saw someone there. It was pretty, yeah. And didn't, who was this, who did we do the live stream with? And we're talking about, was your nickname Bimble Ben or something? Yes. It was Frank. It was, was it, was it Frank? Frank Geisler, yes. Yeah, it was Frank Geisler, and he was wearing you as, as Bimmel Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he's angry Frank, so there's that. Angry <laughs> Frank. <laughs> oh, I love it. So he's still no, um, the, the Bimmel Ben thing is actually funny um, because I didn't give myself that nickname, even though you mentioned um, At some point, um, I was landing, I think it was Hamburg Airport. Mm. Um, I was actually speaking at their user group that evening about Bimmel, um, and someone approached me at the airport and was like, hey, are you Bimmel Ben? I was like, I, I guess I am, um, and that, that's how it became a thing. Um, I love it. I mean, Frank is angry, Frank, because I mean, you've met him. Yeah. And then we were um, we are doing that. Well, we haven't done an episode in I think more than two years. But um, please talk data to me. And there's also Tillman, and he's the only one who didn't get to choose his own nickname or bring it onto the show. So we just called him Mister T. Um, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I did enough. not get any saying that. But. Oh, man. Actually, I met Frank. I mean, I've never met him in person, but I met Frank because he was my mentor on New Stars of Data, by the way. There you go. Brings us back around. And that was really cool. I may have known that. Yeah, maybe. May have paired you. <laughs> may have done that, right? Um, but that was really cool. That was really cool because it was like, um, yeah, it was just like this really kind of cool guy just to kind of like give no, no. some advice um, every now and then. And despite the wipes he's giving, he's a good person. Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like an English person. He's, he's a good liar, right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, it was cool. Someone asked me a random question about my kids. Uh, my kids, my kids are my kids. Most my daughter has just turned seven. My son is no clutch. I try again. My daughter just turned ten. My son is seven, and because my wife is Italian and she is from Florence, 
my daughter is called Florence and my daughter and my son is called Lorenzo. The weird thing about that is Florence and Lorenzo, we didn't realize until a couple of years later that the middle part of their name is identical. Lauren, you've got Florence and Lorenzo. So that's that part there. And someone, a German person said to us, why did you give your kids such similar names? And we hadn't realized that we had, but because German pronounces it's like, Germans won't say Florence, they'll say Florence. They'll say Florence and Lorenzo. So they said, then it's like, why did you give your kids such similar names? Like we didn't, they have pretty different names. And then it was that pronunciation that made us think, ah, wow, that's strange. It's like we just didn't have any imagination for, for, for so many letters. So we just kind of like chose like, like a five <laughs> stamm, stamm letters and then went around the rest. I don't know. Thank you very much. Actually, at first, I didn't want to call my daughter Florence because my, my wife said, Florence, because I'm from, from Florence and people from Florence are very proud of their city. And I was like, no, but then I was like, you know, Florence Nightingale is like, it's like a name. It's not just kind of like a random. So I am. Um, and you know, once the um, machines take over, she can be Florence and the machines. And when she was born, they were re they were at the peak of of, of the. Fame. I was like ten years ago. That that sounds about exactly. And again, that was coincidence, but it was quite cool. What language did the band speak? That's a good question. Well, you start there, mate, because people are more here to, for you than me. Well, I obviously do speak German, a um, little bit of English, and a little less of French. <laughs> okay, nice. I can also order um, pizza and beer fluently in Italian and Spanish. So it's very important. It you got to you, you got to start with the food words and the alcohol words, basically, and the swear words. The swear, oh. well, the swear words is basically my Italian. I mean, I speak obviously English. I speak my German. So my German is pretty decent. Yeah, and um, but my Italian, I I always feel bad that I don't know as uh, as well. But um, the swear words. Is, is I because I've listened to my wife when she gets angry and she gets swear or or when she was giving birth for example was some Italian swearing but also I used to read lots of books about um, <laughs> Italian football and in those were in those books there's like the 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 swear words that the the crowd were chanting this the crowd were chanting that and that's where I learned those those words so, so I would say the moderate swear words I learned from my wife and the really terrible ones that no one should really ever say I learned from um, Italian football so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And French, I used to speak French in um, when I was in school, but very bad French. And then I um, I lost them all. When I moved to Germany, I had like, my, my brain had like two sections. It had like English and foreign. So when I started learning yeah. German, all the French just like fell out. It was quite strange. And my kids speak um, English and German and Italian. And they don't really have like a native. They don't really have like a mother tongue because we speak English at home as a family. And then they speak to my wife to speak um, Italian and in school they speak German. So that's like, they've got like three. Oh, that's amazing. It's pretty, I'm jealous to be honest. It's really cool. <laughs> but because I don't speak any Italian, when my daughter, when my daughter and then also my son are teenagers and just generally just dislike me and stuff, um, it'll be interesting that they speak a language that I don't. It'll be difficult. We'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. It's fun, but um, it has it has its drawbacks as well. Indeed, it does. Um, it's been an hour, mate, and it's been nah. for me a very enjoyable hour. I have to say, uh, I had a lot of fun. That's the most. As long as you had fun and the people in the chat had fun, that's really what I'm going for here. You know. Um, so I, I would usually try and keep it going like a little bit, but because of the time of day, my family just got home. I need to go and check out of um, all the stuff that they've been bought. Do you really think it'll take them? <laughs> so, um, I, I was thinking the same thing. And again, I was like, oh, let, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say it. I, I love the situation. Ben, I was thinking the same sentence. <laughs> ben let one go, but the one that Ben let go, Megan took up, took up anyway. So well, great minds think alike. So they do. Um, that is very true. Um, Megan, I'm going to get in touch with you soon regarding that session. And um, everyone would in love the, to have you. It would be cool. I would love, really love that as well, actually. Um, everyone in the chat, thank you so much for joining. I don't think I'm going to be back next week because I've got a, an, a, a different thing going on, but there'll be the week after that, I'll be back at the regular time. Ben, thank you so much for joining and thank you for not holding against me that I forgot to invite you back. I know I'm a terrible person, but what are you going to do? Thank you for having me um, invite myself here. Um, and also, thank you for having me. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, everyone. And, thank you um, so much. 
I'm very much looking forward to see many of you at some upcoming events because in person. Yay. Fantastic. Love it. Cool. Yeah. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Goodbye. Stop.